0: I'm Robin Amler of IBS Intelligence. You're listening to the IBS iViews podcast. With me is Pierre Antoine de Soulier, Chief Executive Officer of IBAN First. And we meet on the occasion of the company announcing the acquisition of London-based foreign exchange provider Cornhill. Cornhill International Payments, the full name. Tell me why the acquisition, Pierre Antoine, what's behind the decision to By Cornhill,
1: the rationale behind for us is quite simple. IBAN First is a technology platform. What we saw is that this technology is traveling well, and we have clients historically in France, but also we were able to get a client in uh, other countries like Germany, Italy, Netherlands. Every time we arrive in a country, then we propose, we offered our platform. New clients and prospects were quite happy to go on it. Then we looked at the UK market, and because of the Brexit, if we want to offer this technology to uh, to, to potential uh, uh, UK uh, SMEs, uh, we need a we need a license now. We can't passport or European license anymore. Then we 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 start thinking, okay, probably uh, a good idea to would do to um, to do an acquisition instead of getting a license from scratch, because if we do an acquisition, then we can get a team also ready. Plus, we could get the first client immediately and move those clients on the platform. So we start looking at potential targets. The targets were like old school brokers. So it's the case of Cornid, you know, they are around uh, since uh, 2008, And uh, so they have a lot of experience, but they didn't invest so much in the technology side of the business and they were not growing anymore. So we we thought, okay, it's perfect. Those guys also wanted to move on because they were seeing, okay, more and more of their clients wanted to have a good platform, a good technology offer, and just having a voice brokerage service was not enough. So then uh, we were thinking, yeah, there is a deal to do because those guys wanted to uh, to be part of something bigger than what they uh, what they were doing on our side. Where uh, it it was uh, something faster to do this acquisition acquisition instead of opening an office, meaning that immediately we have a team, immediately we have a license, and then also we have the first clients. And you mentioned that
0: word first, Brexit. What's Brexit done to your business, apart from meaning that you can't passport your license? How has it affected you?
1: I, I remember last time we talked, actually, I remember this conversation also, and I told you uh, Brexit is, is something very sad, uh, but for our business and for us, it's very good. So it's exactly that. You know, historically, it affects Payment cross-border payment is really a business that had been uh, very strong in the UK market. Probably a few years ago, there was almost 200 uh, provider of uh, FX co- uh, cross-border uh, payment services uh, in the in the UK. In in the meantime, in continental Europe, there was zero, absolutely zero. And uh, actually, I think. Uh, at the beginning, we were the only one uh, native uh, in uh, in continental Europe uh, offering this kind of service. Uh, reason uh, be- uh, behind that is that I mean, most of companies that w- that are doing cross-border payment in Europe are doing euro to euro payments. You know, you know, if you're uh, in Germany, uh, most of your flows are in Europe, so you are you have less potential clients in Europe con- than uh, in the UK. But still, uh, we were able to to be successful uh, on uh, growing this business from continental Europe directly. And we had, until the Brexit, a competition uh, from the UK player. Then with the Brexit, we have seen uh, this competition uh, vanish uh, because for all the UK players, they they have to to have a license as well in continental Europe now to serve potential continental European clients. No, knowing the cost of getting such a license is just the biggest player. We were able to, to do that: to open an office, build a team, and get a license. But all the small ones, they didn't do it. So we don't, we didn't see them uh, as as a competition anymore. But even now, we see them as potential target for us for, on the UK market uh, if we want to enter. Because now you really need to have a, a, a critical uh, size. If you want to cover the full Europe, so uh, UK plus uh, continental Europe, on uh, the, the one that didn't add this critical size, they are becoming target for us, which is good.
0: Let me first go back to what you were saying about the Cornhill acquisition itself. Basically, your platform, their brokerage business. Yeah. What's the clientele like? Who are you actually dealing
1: with and indeed for? Our clients are are SMEs that have cross-border needs. So they need to be paid or to pay somebody in another currency. In that sense, we have the same clients. But with our platform, uh, our clients are doing more things uh, than uh, with a direct broker. So, for example, on their side, they are going to to sell uh, just a payment, uh, a basic payment. For a client, and the client is he, just going to transfer sterling and then uh, to get some euros or some dollar, or it's, it's going to, to to be something like this. With us, the client can have an account in a, in another currency, so he, he can do more. He can also store some is uh, of his uh, sterling, his dollar, his euro, with us, so he can, he can keep that uh, on an account with us first. Then also with us, we are going to be better in pricing some FX forward payment because we have some um, a risk department that allowing sometimes to offer no collateral forward payment and stuff like that. So the idea for us is upselling and cross-selling the existent client base of uh, Corneal. And we know Uh, that it should work because actually it's our second acquisition like this and we have done an acquisition like this in netherlands of a company called nbwm which was very similar to Cornille so a brokerage house with a thousand uh, clients and that we moved on our platform well you mentioned that other acquisition
0: i also pretty much heard you say earlier on there are going to be more or am i misinterpreting what you said are you Continuing to look around for bolt-ons and add-ons.
1: No definitely. Uh, this strategy is, is uh, working well for us. Again, the, the the market. I mean, the current environment is good for uh, for acquisition uh, because more and more company. You need you need to invest in technology, and technology is expensive. So, if you want to to continue this business, you you need to have a a good technology platform. And the good technology platform means millions tens of millions, hundreds of millions of investment. You need to always add uh, some new features and and to be good on this side. And so if you don't know how to do that, it's very difficult to invent or to change the DNA of a company that is a broker house into a, a tech company. So it's difficult first. on second thing also, it's like we see funding on uh, access to cash right now. It's very different than uh, what it used to be six months or one year ago. So it's an opportunity. Uh, we see that as, a, as an opportunity for us in terms of acquisition. And again, let's see how Corning is working. And BWM worked very well. If Corning is working well, uh, now we are in 10 countries. Potentially, it, it could be a good way to, to go in, in, in more countries where we are not yet. So, uh, so yes, we need to keep doing that.
0: Well, you are an established business, you are an established platform, you have a proven market share. So, I guess you're not seeking funding to develop the platform, or are you? What more do you need to do to it? You've got to keep it fresh. You've got to keep it current.
1: Exactly, but we have enough funding. We we made uh, you know big transaction uh, last summer with uh, Marlene. Equity, and we design a plan with Marlin, a three-year plan, on which we want to do uh, at the end of the period a 100 million euro revenue, and be uh, a bit positive. So at the moment we are not a bit positive because we are still investing everywhere, uh, but but it's totally normal because we want to have uh, yeah the best product and also we want to continue to a new geographies. And we designed this plan with Marlin when we made the, the the raise last summer, so we don't need new capital. Plus, also we we raised the debt line to do to finance those acquisitions, those future acquisitions. So we have uh, we are able to finance, uh, for example, the the Cornel acquisition with uh, with debt.
0: So you're in relative terms sitting pretty compared to a lot of the people that you might be competing with, or you might be running the takeover rule over.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, I like uh, that you say that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now I think, I think exactly we are we are in a, in a good position uh, f- for the current market env- environment. I mean, I mean we are very happy of the, with the strategy we we have chosen uh, la- last summer, actually, uh, with Marlin, and a- also uh, I think it's, we could have chosen to raise a big amount of cash on crazy valuation with some VCs and, uh, and continue to have a huge cash burn. And we really have chosen to, to have this strategy of becoming a bit positive with a very high growth. But we just want, I mean, when I say just, is a big number, but we just want to do 100 million euro revenue in three years. We don't want to do a, to do 500 million or 1 billion and to be a decacorn or whatever. So we have been very pragmatic in terms of uh, capital needed to grow and on the EBITDA positive strategy. Let's round up on this
0: thought then. We've talked quite a lot about the company and what the company is planning to do. What about the marketplace you're in, cross-border payments? How do you see the market changing and evolving in the next couple of years? It's
1: interesting because With the pandemic also, we see that it's more and more, I mean, logical for an SME to use uh, people like us instead of a bank to do cross-border payment. Even now, the market is still owned at 90% by the bank when you are talking about cross-border payment for SMEs. And what we see is that potentially in the future, the, the market could be on the opposite way 90% by, by us or people like us because we in, invested so much in features, in the service. There is a big gap now between what we do and what a typical bank is doing. We can see that actually in our in the figures, uh, in our figures on, on client retention. I mean, our client retention is 120%. So it means that uh, year over year, our uh, uh, client base is growing uh, by itself, even without doing new acquisition. So uh, we are not losing clients. Our clients are increasing their revenue uh, uh, with us year over year. So it means they are happy to be with us. On, uh, it means it's a sticky business. So if we are adding to that the, the sales machine uh, we built during those years, uh, on the again b- typical banks which are competitors they don't have a sales machine and uh, so it means that we are just taking more and more tech uh, in this market so in the future we could imagine uh, that the bank even at some point would like to drop this market that they are not able to serve very well they are happy to serve like big large corporate enterprise but probably for smaller people doing international payment is too complicated for them to serve. so perhaps they could they could leave it and leave it to us. Pierre Antoine de Soulier, chief Executive officer of IBAN first, thank you very much.